0: morning everyone welcome to church today so good to see everyone a warm welcome glad you made it through the snow through the blizzards it's not that bad is it welcome also to those who are online today glad that you're with us please Uh, hopefully you can stay with us all the way through to the end of the service today nice to see those who are in church for the first time in many many months it's great to have you with us Um, Good to be in God's house. Good to be in God's presence today. We're here to worship the King of Kings. I hope that you've come ready to do that. Um, And uh, I'm just going to ask if you're able to, let's stand and we'll pray. And then we'll begin to worship God today. And uh, just really seek him in our praise. So Father, we just come before you. Father, we recognize that you are the creator God. Father, you're the one who gives us life. You sustain us. You give us breath. Father, you... Um, you live within us, and Father, we are so thankful for that. Lord, maybe there are some uh, joining us today who've never made a decision to invite Jesus into their lives, who've never invited the Holy Spirit into their lives. Father, I pray that today uh, might be a day where they take a step forward into just asking you to come into their lives because, Father, it's one of the greatest things to know is your presence in our lives. Father, it's your presence that enables us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, Father, we just pray that you breathe upon us today. May your presence come in our midst today. Father, we pray that your presence would just saturate this building today. Father, saturate the homes of the people who are joining online. And, Father, we just pray that would experience something of your presence today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him today.
1: today there's no reason to wait jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. joy
0: Psalm 37 verse 18 says this, the Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will abide forever. Maybe you just want to be seated um, as we just read these verses. The heritage of those who are blameless, those who follow the Lord, their heritage will live forever. And uh, just as I was thinking about today and as we would come together to worship today, I just believe God put a thought on my heart, which I then began to pray about and uh, hopefully develop just a little bit. And it was really for, really a word or a thought for those who are more senior in years. um, I could probably begin to include myself in that category uh, these days. And it was just to encourage people today. Um, You know, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, and it's one of those verses which I come back to time and time again, time and time again, because I need encouraged. You need encouraged. But this is what it says. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor is not in vain. I just find those words so encouraging today. Your labor is not in vain And really, what I wanted to to bring this thought today, the thought I wanted to bring was the word legacy. The word legacy. And legacy is something that you start to think about as you get older. You begin to think about what you're leaving behind for other people. And it was just this thought that for those of us who are more mature, slightly older in years, as somebody mentioned earlier, I've had the grey hairs for a while. But really, it's it's this thought that you do not know the impact that your life has had on others, that a positive impact on other people. I don't know if you've ever walked through an estate in Perthshire. Has anybody walked through an estate in Perthshire? It's called Big Tree Country, and if you've ever walked through an estate in Perthshire, you're surrounded by these by these big, massive, giant trees. I mean, they're, they're just huge. They're not just tall, but they're so wide. And you walk through these forests and you think, somebody planted these forests. They're not natural forests. They were planted by somebody and they've left a legacy. They've left something that we can walk through and enjoy. And it's just this thought that you don't know what impact your life is having on others. You may plant seeds that you will never see grow, but that's the power of holding on to a bigger vision it's planting seeds that you might never see grow. But that's, that's about getting the bigger picture of what God is doing. It's about him, it's about his kingdom, it's about his kingdom come, his well-being done, and us grasping hold of the seed that he's put in our hands. And sowing that seed, we might never see the fruit of that. But if we're faithful to what God has asked us to do, then we will leave a legacy. I think it was Ian White that said in one of his songs, you know, you'll never know how tall the trees grow you may plant. I remember walking uh, through the place where I used to stay and looking at the, the beech trees, big, massive, tall beech trees. I mean, about 100 feet easily high. Somebody intentionally planted that avenue of beech trees. Never saw the height that they reached. But it's about your legacy. It's about leaving something for the next generation. And I just wanted to share something today. It's very personal because there are many people from this church young and old who have gone home to be with the Lord who have impacted my life who have impacted your life and their legacy lives on their legacy lives on in us in you and in I their legacy lives on and will continue to live on but I just want to encourage us today doesn't matter how old you are. You've got something that you can deposit into the next generation. If you're a young person here today, and there are lots of young people here today, I just want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to get alongside an older person and listen to their story. Ask them questions. Listen to their wisdom of life. They've seen so much of life. Listen to what they have to say. Learn from people who have got experience, life experience. And maybe if they're willing to share, sometimes they might learn, you might learn something from their mistakes as well. I have the The pleasure of being up on this platform most Sundays out of the year. And you know, (laughs) you know that I'm happy to share sometimes my mistakes and be totally upfront and honest with this congregation. If I can help somebody to learn from my mistakes so that they don't make the same mistake, then that's a good thing. I think the reality for us all is that we will all, as we go on in life, make mistakes. It's how we get back up after the mistakes that's important. Let's just pray. And uh, I just want to encourage you today, everyone in here who's maybe thinking along that line, there are people who are not here today who are expected to be here. Maybe they'll hear this message online. Maybe they'll hear a recording later on. This message is for you today as well. And Father, we just pray, help us to grasp the bigger picture. Father, help us to think about our legacy. Help us to think about what we are giving to the next generation. Father, what are we handing over and, and what condition are we handing over to the next generation? Father, help us to be encouraged by your legacy. Father, help us to be encouraged by our lives and the things which you have uh, done in us, which have impacted other people. And Lord, we might even never know the impact we've had on others. I've heard so many stories of how somebody heard of the impact they had on a person and it was decades later before they heard that encouraging word. Father, we just don't know, but Father, help us to be faithful and to keep sowing and to keep harvesting in the places where you take us. Lord, we we might never see the seed that we plant come to fruition. And Lord, there are people in here today and they've prayed for people for decades Father, I pray that they would see the encouragement. Father, that they would see the the seed begin to grow. And Father, that, you know, the Bible says that one plants, one waters, but ultimately, Father, you bring the increase. And Father, there are some in here today, and Father, some who've joined us online, and I pray that they would see the beginnings even of that seed beginning to come to, to, to fruition, to begin to grow, to pop its head up through the soil. And just to say, I'm here, I'm here. It took a while. I've been in darkness, but I'm here. I'm straining for the light. Father, we pray that your spirit would move upon every single person in this congregation today. Father, we pray that you would lift us into a place where we begin to see the things that are on your heart. Father, that we would run after the things which are on your heart. And Lord, we just pray, continue to lead us into all that you have for us as individuals, as families, and as a church, as a community, and as churches in the communities that surround us. And Father, we just pray that you continue to speak into your church. Lord, I'm encouraged today just to share a word that I believe you placed in my heart. Lord, I pray for a real freedom and liberty to share that word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you band for leading us. You've done a fantastic job today. Well done. Let's just show our appreciation to our musicians as he remembers to turn the volume on his phone down and switch off just in case somebody decides to text me in the middle of the service we do this photograph for track and trace by the way just so that we can see where everybody's at in the hall okay so ah I just want to remind you that at the end of the month, we have Zach Payne with us. Uh, Zach was here um, at some point last year, can't remember exactly when, middle of last year, and it was great to have him and Lindsay and Denora with us. So we're looking forward to Zach coming and sharing with us. Zach works for Convoy Hope Europe, so I'm looking forward to him sharing with us today. Remind you about prayer, 9.30 on a Monday morning on Zoom, 7.30 on a Wednesday evening on Zoom. At the moment, we are thinking about how we... Change that uh, potentially, so just so that you're aware, we do need to really keep that in a in in our focus. And also, just to pass on regards from Ray Stokes. Ray Stokes has visited our church on many an occasion. He shared the word of the Lord and he's spoken prophetically over to many of many of your lives. And yeah, I'm just encouraged to to bring greetings from Ray today. I'm going to mention him in the message today. And the title of what I want to say is up on the screen already. What you see is what you get. And we won't be playing Luke Combs today, Josh, unfortunately, for those who know who Luke Combs is. And just before, we, before I begin to speak, I'm going to invite Aurelia up. She's going to come and read for us today. I'm just getting my Bible ready, Aurelia. If you give me a wee second. I should have done this beforehand. My apologies, but it's giving you time to get prepared, doesn't it? Uh, here we go. There we go. So it's all ready for you to come and read everywhere Thank you. Thank you. 2 Kings chapter
2: 13. No, chapter 14. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 19. Now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, King Joseph of Israel went down to him and wept before him, crying, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Draw the bow, and he drew it. Elisha laid his hands on on the king's hands. Then he said, open the window eastward, and he opened it. Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. Then he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, for you shall fight the Arameans in Aphek until you have made an end of them. He continued, take the arrows, and he took them. He said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. He struck three times and stopped. Then the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck down Aram until you have made an end of it. But now you will strike down Aram only three times.
0: Thank you, Aurelia. Um, Do you know, uh, it's an interesting story. We're going to open up that story in just a little minute. But in introducing this story, I just want to say, you know, many years ago, it was uh, 28th of July, 2013, I I preached a message in the church. And in the message, I asked this question, what do you want? That was the question. And that was the, the basic question of the whole message. What do you want? And it was interesting to hear people's responses afterwards, you know, people saying, oh, it's not about what I want, it's about what God wants. And of course that's right, but for that occasion, I felt that the word that God wanted to share into the life of the church is, what do you want? What do you want? And there's a sense in which that same thought comes today, what do you want? Do you want a big sports car? A house with a swimming pool. <laughs> the ice is over in the winter of your year. Um, I just think there are times when God wants to know what we want. And, and it's reflected in the passage that Aurelia read for us today. Times where God wants to know what is in our hearts. And I think God wants to search our hearts today and to ask that same question but it's slightly different in how it's framed today because what I'm saying today is what you see is what you get and it's linked to what you want. And the last time I spoke this message, I quoted a man called Dave Gilpin and he said, if you don't know what you want, you'll get what you're given. Think about that. If you don't know what you want, you'll get what you're given. There's another person said, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it right? If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. And that's where I want to kind of go today in my message. But just to reflect on a couple of memories uh, with you today, back on some unnamed, unmarked, unrecorded day in Socky Hall Street, when I was very young, Mary and I were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, And we're walking up Saki Hall Street, and there were some people from a ship called the Anastasis doing some dramas in the street. And I said to Mary, let's stop and watch the drama. They're obviously Christians. They're trying to get the message across. And we've sung about that message in our songs this morning, the message that Jesus is the one who offers us salvation. Jesus is the one who died for our sin. Jesus is the one who, if we put our trust in him, gives us an eternal hope, a future, and not just for this life, but for eternity as well. And these guys were sharing that message, and we said, let's just stop And hopefully try and help a crowd to to draw and listen. And as we sat and stood and listened to these guys doing the drama, I said to Mary, By the way, one day I'll be involved in full-time Christian work. And she said, So will I. (laughs) Good, Good answer, Mary. I was just into my 30s. And I began to start working for a Christian youth organization. Many of you will know if you've known me for a while. And then... On the 23rd of August, 2008, now aged 40, much older than the young guy in his 20s. There's Ray Stokes, the man, I'm going to put his picture up on the screen, who who brought greetings from this morning. Is he trying to get a photograph of Ray? By the way, he's always acting the goat when I try to take a photograph of him. So this is about the only one that I felt I could show. Ray, if you listen to this message, you need to behave yourself. And... On the 23rd of August, I was at a pastor's gathering, and Ray and his friend John Jack and his wife Manette began to prophesy over me. And this is one of the things that Ray said. I mean, there was nine minutes worth of these guys prophesying over me, and it was really powerful. But Ray said this, I don't know if you're considering taking a church or if you're considering going. It's as if there's a transition uh, that you are thinking about moving on to something. And I really think in the Lord that the decision is yours. Now, the background to this is that I had been praying for direction. I was working alongside Andrew at the time. I was probably about three years into to working alongside Andrew as the assistant pastor in the church here. And I was really seeking direction as to what, what direction I should be going in as as, as, a, as a leader um, in church. And I was kind of wrestling, should I, should I stay as a, a kind of number two leader? Should I be a number one leader? Is it in the church here? Should it be somewhere else? I was considering all the different options. And basically what God said was, it's your choice. And I was like, gee, thanks. <laughs> of course, when God says something to you, you need to begin to pray and ask him what he's meaning when he says something. And so for a while it puzzled me, but I prayed about it. And I felt this is what God said to me as I puzzled over that decision about it's your choice, you know, that the decision is yours. And I felt what God said to me is you need to want it. You need to want it. And it's such an important principle because what you see is what you'll get. If you're aiming for something, that's what you'll ultimately get. If you're wandering through aimlessly in life, then guess what? You're going to keep wandering through life in an aimless fashion and you will hit nothing because you're aiming for nothing. And there are times as well in life, and this is so important, as I read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, I'm in just now, I'm like, oh my goodness, Leviticus. The power of daily readings, eh? We need to go through some of these really challenging books. But the challenge is if you don't want it, the temptation is to go back to Egypt, to begin to look to the past and say, I'd rather be back doing what I did then. And if our eyes are on the past, then we're no good in the present. If our eyes are on the past and we're not looking to the future, then how can God show us what he has for our lives? We can be stuck in a past of regret, a past of guilt, a past of sin, a past of no confidence in ourselves. We can be stuck in all sorts of things in the past. Maybe the past was more comfortable than the present is. I don't know about you. After two years nearly of COVID, I'm getting a bit cheesed off with it. I don't know about you. I'm looking around the faces today, and from what I can see behind the masks, you're kind of fed up with COVID as well. Everybody I speak to is fed up with COVID, So it's not a great place to be in, and we'd rather go back, in one sense, to the way things were before. But what I want to say today is that we're coming to an end of all this, but the future that God has for us is way better than the past that we've came from. COVID has been a unique time for God to just press the big reset button on the church and for him to be able to do something fresh and new in the future. And I want to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about the role of prophecy in the church. You know, you already know the importance of the prophetic word in the church. I don't need to tell you about that today, unless maybe you're visiting with us today, and a warm welcome if you are visiting with us. But we're a church who believes in the gift of prophecy. We believe in the office of the prophet. We believe that God inspires people to speak into our lives, and they bring the word of God to us. And I want to quote something that Jack Hayford said. I was reading this just this week as I was prepping for today. He said this, To believe the impossible, one must first see the invisible. I'm going to say it again. To believe the impossible, one must first see the invisible. This is the, this is the lesson that Elisha taught his servant. And prayer is the key to discerning our adversary's strategies. Further, the key to dispelling Elisha's servant's panic was his vision being opened to see the invisible. You'll remember the story where his servant is saying, we're going to get attacked, we're going to get killed here, and Elisha prays, and his servant's eyes are opened to see the horses and chariots of Israel surrounding them. Let me just read through the passage which Aurelia has already read today, and I just want to just open it up over the next few minutes, and I want to share. See, Elisha was at a stage in life where he had fallen ill with something that was ultimately going to take his life, and there was this young king called Joash who came to him, and he was weeping because Elisha had been the rescuer of Israel on so many occasions, and he cries out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. Why did he cry that out? Why was that the cry that came from his heart? I don't know if you remember, but when Elijah was taken away and Elisha took over from Elijah, he said the very same words. Second Kings chapter 2 verse 11, my father, my father, the chariots of horses, uh, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And as it happened, Elijah was taken up into heaven. One of only two occasions where that is recorded, where God takes somebody. Also, when Elisha prayed for his servant, that's what the servant saw. On the hills that surrounded them, the chariots and the horses of Israel. Chariots of fire. (laughs) It's a great film. You should watch it if you've not watched it. And it brings back to mind something that I've been reading in the Psalms just over the course of the week. And I was thinking about this. The angel of the Lord, it says in Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. And I believe that's something that somebody in here needs to hear today. The angel of God, the angels, the forces of good surround you today. They encamp around you, and so I encourage you not to be afraid. Keep looking forward. Keep pressing forward. see, Elisha was given all these revelations about what the enemy was doing. They would lay an ambush for the Israelites, and Elisha would find out from the Holy Spirit what was happening. He would go and say to the king, and when the the king of Aram would say, oh, how does he keep knowing what's happening? This is what somebody said to him. Elisha tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. 2 Kings six twelve. 12 we thought about that just a wee while back. But now what's the king going to do? Elisha's suffering from an illness and he's going to die of that illness. And He's probably thinking, what's going to happen now? There's an uncertainty with the future. There's often uncertainty with the future. We don't see clearly what's going to happen in the future, but I want to encourage us that God is already in the future. God sees it all. God is preparing you now for what your future holds, and He's strengthening you now for what your future holds, and so be confident and be courageous that He sees exactly what's happening. Now, The story goes on to say that Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow, and he drew it. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different today. Josh is going to come up and help me. He's going to stand here. Up you come, Josh. I do actually have a bow with me. We are going to be very, very careful today. Okay. So, yeah, Josh, yeah, you just stay where you are, but maybe just go a wee bit further forward. You know how to stand with that thing. We do have arrows as well. Okay. We do have an apple. Okay. (laughs) Which we're going to try and balance on my head. Okay. Now, We've not rehearsed this, (laughs) so we're just hoping that there's, where's the first aid kit again? (laughs) Is it, oh it's through in the the, the lounge, aye, okay. No, I'm all a kid, we're not going to do that. (laughs) In fact, we're not even going to load that thing onto it. I'm going to ask that Josh draws the bow. He says, take a bow and arrow. So he took the bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow, and he drew it. And this is what happens. It says that Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. So if you come forward a wee bit, Josh, draw the bows if you're going to shoot an arrow. And Elisha, this is how I envisage it. For those who's online and you can't hear me now, this is how I envisage it. You can sit down, thank you. He held the bow. He was ready to shoot an arrow. And it says that he shot the arrow and it it was a symbol of victory today uh, for for that day. And there was something about that picture of Elisha putting his hands on Joash's hands. And I was like, Lord, what does that say to us today? What does it say to us? And I think what it said to me, and you could maybe think about this and and it may be different from you, but I think what was happening was that Elisha was placing something in Joash of the spirit that would enable him to see victory even after Elisha was gone. Coming back to this thing about legacy, it's just a thought that I felt God wanted to share as part of the message today. It's that whole thing about passing on to the next generation. It's about that investment of the Spirit in us being passed to the next generation of those who will lead, of those who will serve, of those who will have their own battles to fight. Let's be really open about that. Their own battles in the future. Once we have gone home to be with the Lord. We need to do everything that we can to help people to grow in their gift, to grow in knowledge, to grow in skills, and importantly, to grow in the right attitude with which to conduct yourselves as you serve the Lord. I'm going to put up some pictures on the screen here. This is Joshua learning to use a bow in real life. And that was when he was quite young. And if you've ever used a bow before, you'll notice that the way that Josh is holding the bow isn't quite right. But in this picture, you see, I don't know if you can grasp that, his eye is looking straight down that arrow, and he's looking at the yellow bit in the middle of the target. I'm going to put up a, a picture of what happens when you handle an arrow right, when you handle a bow correctly. You see, what you see is what you get. If you aim for nothing, you're sure to hit it. Who wants to pick up a bow and an arrow and just kind of like twing? I remember once when we were kids. <laughs> Why did boys do stupid things? Why did boys do stupid things? We had our own, I used to make bows and arrows and stuff like that, but we had a bow. It was actually, it, was, it wasn't like this, but it was a proper bow. And we got an arrow. And we went like that. <laughs> Forgetting that what goes up must come back down. And you're like, ah. If you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it. You're sure to hit it. And what I want to encourage us to do today as individuals, as families, as a church, to be sure about what you're aiming at. To be Having your eyes on the future. What is God saying? What is God saying to you? What has God promised over your life? What are you aiming for? In this case, the, 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 the thing was all about victory over enemies. And Elisha passed something on. He says, it goes on to say, then he said, open the window eastward, which I think is that way. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. Then he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, for you shall fight the Arameans at Aphek until you have made an end of them. And he continued, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of, the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck three times and stopped back to my arrows. You'll be really glad I didn't fire any of these in here today. There are two different ways to interpret what's been said here. One is actually shooting arrows and shooting them into the ground. The second is to take the whole bunch of arrows and to tap them on the ground. And it says that he tapped them. I can't reach the ground and the microphone at the same time. He tapped them three times. And this is what it says, the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times, then you would have struck down the Aram until you had made an end of it, but now you will strike down Aram only three times. And so Elisha died and was buried. Do you know, I've read this so many times and I thought, so unfair. How did he know how many times he was supposed to hit the ground with the arrows? How did he know? How was he supposed to know? And as I prayed about it, I thought, Lord, what are you trying to say to us today? What are you trying to say to us? And I think what God is trying to say to us is what you see is what you get. What did the king, what did King Joash see? Some crazy old man telling him to do stupid things with arrows. Like the whole, I get the whole fireman arrow thing, but why take a bunch of them and strike the ground? Are you off your head? But he asked them to strike the ground. And perhaps, perhaps with Joach, there was something about his attitude that just needed an adjustment. If the man of God's telling me to do something, I better do it enthusiastically. I better do it with all my heart. And I think that's what God is looking for and his followers. He's looking for us to listen to what he's saying and to get enthusiastic about the things that he's asking us to do and to do it with all our heart. So that we don't just go, is this crazy or what? He's looking for us to be enthusiastic, to actually take hold of what he's saying and saying, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for victory joash's response was half-hearted and i see in him a lack of faith a lack of conviction about what god is telling him to do through the prophet he has seen the prophet move in power so many times and he should have rose to the challenge perhaps he didn't realize that the victory is not won by might or power but by the spirit of god Proverbs chapter 21 verse 31 says this, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. It's very easy, especially when we're young, to think that victory comes through our own strength, through our own ingenuity, through our own ideas, through our own creativity. But I'll tell you, victory comes when we hear what God is saying and when we obey the voice of the Lord. We also need to grasp something here, that the words of the prophets live on beyond the lives of the prophets. Very often, prophets have spoken into individuals, into churches, and into nations, and the words of the prophets live on beyond the life of the prophet. One of those prophets that I spoke about earlier, John Jack, he's went home to be with the Lord now, but his words still impact my life. still have an effect on my life because there's a bigger picture of what God is wanting to do and wanting to say. We need to grasp what God is saying. We need to grasp that bigger picture. We need to get hold of the vision which God is trying to share with us as a church. And I've shared some of the things in my heart about vision for this church. The things which I'm sharing, which are on my heart, have primarily come through personal devotions and those times with the Lord, but also through the words of the prophets as they have spoken into the life of the church. And I'm going to share, just as we draw things to a close, a message, or it's just a little two-minute clip of a message which Ray Stokes shared. He brought a prophetic word back in 2015, 31st of May 2015, and he shared into the life of this church as he was speaking. There's, there's a nine-minute version of it as well. If you want to hear the nine-minute version, I'll just email me and I'll send you the link. But this is the two-minute version of what Ray said, the prophecy over this church. And I want you to listen to the words. Because if you really listen to the words that Ray spoke into the life of this church, you realize that it's actually way bigger than this church. What he was prophesying is way bigger than this church. So let's listen to the words of Ray just so we're we're almost finished today.
3: pretty soon it's going to start to to transform the church you cannot look to the past says the lord you cannot look to that which was you must look now to that which is ahead of you for I'm going to start to open your eyes and open your understanding and I'm going to bring you to new places of prayer and new places of worship and new places of expression of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to begin to open the Word for the Word has been chained and and closed off to you and I'm going to take the chains off and I'm going to cause you to see the Word of God and understand it in a new dimension and a new way and the Word will be alive to you and I see children taking the Word and and, and understanding it and reading it and starting to witness to kids in their own age group and, and that the Spirit of the Lord will be no respecter of persons, of age or of, of gender or of ethnicity or race. The power of God is going to be released and Scotland is going to find a fresh move. In the days ahead, God's going to call you as a people, as a nation, to once again to return to the call as a missionary nation. God's going to raise up schools in the midst of this nation to train, to disciple, to cause people to, to be focused not in, in, in the latest fad or the latest book, but in the Word of God and the fire of God is going to return. And it's going to have start to grab hold of people's lives and the burden of the Lord is going to be placed upon their life, and they're going to see God's will for another nation and another city and another town, and they're going to rise up and say, God, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. For these are the days, say the Lord, in which I would call a people to arise and to stand with me and to say, God, fulfill your will. God, fulfill your promises. God, come and touch the earth once again and let life begin to flow let the river begin to flow let the clouds of rain start to come and let it begin to water the earth this is a day says the lord this is the day this is the time to arise amen,
0: amen. what a powerful powerful word eh um i just wanted to highlight a few things from that word you know you can't look to the past whatever egypt means to you There's no going back now. There is no going back. It's all about heading forward. I'm going to start to open your eyes. It's all about vision. What do you see? What do you see in God? What do you see God doing? What do you hear God saying? What do you feel that God is saying as your part in the things that we're talking about? He talked about going to new places of prayer, new places of worship, new places of expression of the Holy Spirit. Do you know I had forgotten about this prophecy until partway through last year. I think it was probably maybe July, August, and went. Wow, I totally forgotten. I put it in my journal, but not put it in the other document with all the other pr- prophetic words. For some reason, I missed it. And I as I was listening to it again, I thought, wow, these are the things that God is saying to us as a church. You know, children taking the word. It's about the generations, training and discipling. It's about growth. And then he talked about God, fulfill your word, fulfill your promises. It's about what God is saying and that being fulfilled And I've said this on a number of occasions. God will always fulfill his word. He will always keep his promises. What he has said, he will do. And then just this last part that I want to highlight, let the clouds of rain start to come and let it begin to water the earth. This is the day, says the Lord. This is the, this is the time to arise. And it just made me think about that verse which I've quoted so many times about streams in the desert, about the life of God coming and flowing through everything that He is doing in and through us. And I just find it such an encouraging word. And I'm trying to ask us today to grasp the bigger picture, the picture of what God wants to do, not just in you, not just in this church, but in the church, in our nation, in the communities that we represent, and there's only one response that we can make. Well, actually, there are probably many responses, but there's only one response that's going to keep us heading into the future that God has for us, and that's the response that Ray spoke about in that prophetic word there, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. all the way back to that day in Socky Hall Street, that was the response. Here am I. Send me. After a missionary speaking in a wee Baptist church in the east end of Glasgow, the response was, here am I. Send me. The response when Ray and John and Manette spoke over my life in 2008, which seems like an eternity ago, here am I. Send me. You need to want it. You need to want it. And what you see is what you'll get. I'm trying to encourage us to see what God is saying. And he's not just saying these things to our church. This is what he's saying. In many churches just now, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it all over the place. So encouraged. What will you do? What will you do? What will your response be? If it was down to a pile of arrows... And you were asked what you were going to do. Or you were given them and you say, strike the ground. How many, how many times and in what way would you do it? What's your response today? What will your attitude be? You see, we can adopt all sorts of attitudes to what God is saying. I want to encourage us to really adopt an attitude of, here am I, send me of wholehearted devotion to God, of wholehearted service, of holding on to the vision that God has given us and moving forward in that. I want to ask us just to stand as we pray. Really, the response today is in your heart. It's not in the raising of a hand. It's not in the singing of a song. It's an attitude of the heart today that says, here am I, send me. Not just words, but an attitude of the heart that says, here am I, send me. Father, we have heard today just the thoughts that you've placed in my heart to share with this congregation. Father, I believe that you have a plan, a purpose, a future for each person who's part of this congregation today. Father, nobody who's here in this room today is here by accident. You planned them to be here. Father, you ordained this work of service for me today before I was even thought of. You saw this day, you saw this moment. You stirred my heart, hopefully, to listen to what you placed on it this week for your church. And Father, we just pray that you'd help us to hear what it is that you're saying to your church today. Father, as we think about that word that Ray Stokes brought into the life of our church back in May 2015, Lord, we know that we've been on a journey Father, there have been a lot of ups and downs. There have been times where we wondered what was happening. Father, times where we maybe lost sight of you. Father, times where we were lagging behind. And Father, maybe times where we were so stricken with grief and sadness that we couldn't see because our eyes were full of tears. Father, Lord, we pray that you would take out of those times all that you can take. And Father, that you would just bring good out of every situation good out of every circumstance. And Father, that you would cause it to enlarge us and to shape us and to fit us for the vision that you have, not only for this church, for this community, but the communities that surround us. Father, for the other churches that surround us, but, Father, also for what you want to do in this nation, because, Father, you have, you have spoken over this nation. Lord, you have spoken prophetically over this nation. And, Lord, today I just pray, today, fulfill your word. Fulfill your will over this nation. Father, we pray that you'd cause your church to arise. Father, that you would raise up missionaries. Father, that you'd raise up a hunger for your word. Father, that you'd raise up a passion uh, in our hearts to follow you wholeheartedly, just as Caleb did, Father, when he was in his 80s. He said, "'Give me this mountain.'" Father, nothing was going to stop him because he still had that wholehearted devotion to you. And so, Father, we just pray that that would be our experience today. Father, from the youngest to the oldest. Father, we pray that you put within us a desire to say, here him, I, send me. Father, for those of us who are parents, we pray that that would be our prayer. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Father, we pray, help us to serve you today with wholehearted devotion. And Father, for all who are online today, Father, we pray the same thing. Lord that you'd help us to serve you with wholehearted devotion Lord take us on into the things which you have for us in the future and may your name be glorified in all that we think all that we say and all that we do in Jesus name we ask amen amen the Lord bless you have a great week and if you need anything just give us a shout drop an email or whatever during the week thank you nice to see you all